You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for the beginning of our Halloween month in random rewatches. Four weeks in a row, two TV shows, two movies, completely at random. And I cannot be more excited for what we're kicking it off with because we said back in, I think it was April or May, we're going to be doing The Twilight Zone, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, next week. And uh, that turned into next month, which turned into next season. But we're finally here, and I'm happier now because it seems more appropriate that we do The Twilight Zone for Halloween. And we're going to have two back-to-back Twilight Zone episodes here. Uh, first, we're going to do the Season 5, Episode 3 uh, from the original series, the 1960 series. And then next week, we're going to do the terrible 2019 series with a not-so-terrible or slightly better-than-average episode, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. Um, Let's get into it. My name is Colin, and it's not a man. Those things, the pilots in the war, what do they call them? Gremlins. Gremlins! Um, My name is Rossi, and wake up, wake up! I didn't have a quote, How about so this? that's what you get. Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a glass of water, thanks. There's a lot of glasses of water in this episode, more than I originally remembered. Um, we're finally here, Nightmare 20,000 Feet. You had never seen the... Twi- have you seen any of the Twilight Zones? The only experience I have with Twilight Zone is that I've been on the Disney ride... Tower of Terror, which is based on like the Twilight Zone. Uh, there's a ride, a Twilight Zone ride. The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, where they do like an, an opening screening of like this, like the intro of the Twilight Zone, and then like like this fateful like trip happened, and then like they tell you you're about to take the next fateful trip into the Twilight Zone. Yeah, like into the Twilight Zone, and then you go and do the ride. Huh. I gotta go on this ride. Um, where is it? Where's it located? Winnipeg? Florida. <laughs> Florida? Oh. <laughs> I'll make my way there one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> what was your familiarity? Because, like, we did, or at least Ben and I did, our top 50 favorite movies and TV shows episodes uh, a couple of months ago, and Twilight Zone was, like, pretty close to the top for me. For me. I think it was, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15. Uh, th- this classic 60s version of the TV show. Um, what was your familiarity with the concept of the Twilight Zone? Were you aware that it's like an anthology show, that it's you know a different story every week, different actor every week? I wasn't, but then like a few minutes into the episode, I realized, okay, it's like short stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I-, I picked up on that pretty quickly because I-, I didn't really know that at first. I wasn't totally sure like what the format of the show was like i knew it was kind of spooky kind of scary mm-hmm. like play praise on your you know fears and insecurities and stuff like that and like i know that that's what they're going for i just didn't know how it played out like if it was these like real life sketches mm-hmm. or like based on true event story I, I just had no idea what to expect in terms of like how they would present it and how it would be in relation to other episodes so it's kind of exciting because this year, uh, I guess, the Twilight Zone debuted in 1959. So this year is the 60th anniversary of the Twilight Zone. And I'm hoping they do this in Canada as well. But uh, I know in America they have, you know, a couple of hundred 
cities across the country this month that are going to be doing you know a screening of i think six twilight zone episodes is like one theatrical event and uh of course this episode is going to be included in it you know if i got into the show just as far as the history goes probably about a decade ago um i was just looking for something to put on late at night and i've always found it easier to fall asleep this almost sounds wrong but i found it easier to fall asleep to old black and white stuff not that it just puts me to sleep but you know, it's slower pace. That there's not so many colors. It's not distracting. So, I downloaded the Twilight Zone, having never really seen it. Um, the Twilight Zone has, of course, been remade several times. There was a show in the '80s that was a remake of the Twilight Zone. There was a movie in the '80s that took a couple of Twilight Zone stories, and even Steven Spielberg did one of the segments of that. Uh, and I think it was like 2002 they did another updated Twilight Zone series with Forrest Whitaker as host. So I probably had seen all of those before I ever saw the classic series. And I just decided, oh, okay, I'll just download all the Twilight Zone episodes. And I became, like, completely obsessed with it. Like, I would watch it every single... The idea was it would put me to sleep every single night. And instead, I would just... I couldn't go to bed unless I finished one or two episodes of the Twilight Zone. And I don't think I ever fell asleep during an episode. Uh, so I've seen most of the episodes. I mean, I, I, they've done well over 100, 100, 150 episodes over the course of, like, five seasons. Seen them all, you know, multiple times. This one, I've probably seen it three or four times now. Uh, and if you were to, like, poll what are the greatest Twilight Zone episodes of all time, there's probably a dozen that are considered, like, all-time classics. Um, if you were to ask what is the most famous episode of the Twilight Zone of all time, without a doubt, it would be this one at Nightmare 20,000 Feet. Uh, you know, for a few reasons. One, it's the, uh, I guess, first big, decent-sized role that William Shatner gets. You know, this is two years pre-Star Trek. Uh, and two just the premise it's it's so simple which is you know a guy on an airplane who thinks he's seeing something out on the wing and nobody else can see it i mean this has been parodied a million times um obviously it's been updated in the 1980s tv series they remade this episode in the 1983 movie this was like the final segment uh of the movie uh, and of course, you know, the new series, which we're going to get to next week, puts a spin on it. Um, have you seen any of the parodies or, or did this concept, once you started to see it, seem familiar to you as something that's been done many times? I know The Simpsons did a pretty famous parody of this where Bart saw something on the side of the, the bus in one of the Halloween episodes and nobody else could see it. I was going to say, I knew, I remember The Simpsons doing something. I don't, I definitely didn't see the episode, but I just remember, mm-hmm. you know, hearing that The Simpsons did it, because The Simpsons parodies parodies everything. If it exists, The Simpsons did it either after as a parody or before you and predicted that it would happen. Um, But, I mean, this story is, like, one of those, like, ingrained in your kind of brain, even if you don't know, oh, that was from The Twilight Zone or that was from, you know, some mythical story. This idea of someone being on the wing of a plane or, or tampering with something like that has always been there. Like, I've heard of this before, Maybe it's the the Twilight Zone effect or whatever, but it, I've heard of this before so many times. So seeing it play out uh, in this episode was, you know, it was interesting to see, especially the way that they did it. It was a little different than I was originally expecting, but it was interesting to see, especially the way that they tie in the Twilight Zone narration over all of it mm. too, because that's a little bit of like a new layer on top of just the telling of a story. Yeah, the Twilight Zone TV series is created by Rod Serling, who is the guy that appears in the opening and closing segments and is the guy that narrates it. Uh, he also wrote, you know, probably I mean, between him and the guy who wrote this episode, Richard Matheson, those two guys 
likely wrote close to 100 episodes just between the two of them. So it's crazy the amount of work that, you know, these writers put into the show. And it, it, there's tons of classic episodes. This isn't just like, oh, this is one of the, uh, you know, every, you know, season, I'd say two thirds of the episodes, you're like, wow, that's incredible. Like, that's what's so great about the show is that you're like, oh, what a great concept. Uh, and Richard Matheson, who wrote the short story, he actually is like a science fiction writer who had published, you know, tons of short story books before this came out. Uh, the most famous story that uh, he's had outside the Twilight Zone uh, is probably the the story that's been adapted also many times like this. Uh, most recently, the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. That was uh, one of his things. Um, but the other, uh, I guess, notable thing outside of William Shatner and Richard Matheson writing this is that the episode is directed by Richard Donner, who um, you know would go on to become probably one of the most successful directors in movies, you know, about a decade or so after this, he did Superman the movie, The Goonies, the Lethal Weapon series, I mean, tons of things. And here he starts out just on a TV show. And I think one of the reasons why the Twilight Zone TV show still to this day is as popular as it is, and they can do, you know, a 60th anniversary theatrical re-release of these episodes is because the quality is really good. Now, yeah, there's <laughs> there's some effects that you look back at, like, well, that's clearly 1963 effects there on television. But... You know, the, the mood of the show and, and everything. I mean, were you watching this when it was starting or even before when you just knew what we were doing, thinking, oh, this is going to be some, you know, cheesy 60s sci-fi show? And I don't know. What did you think of the quality overall? Did it surprise you? Was it better quality, theatrical quality, worse quality? <laughs> Are you too distracted by the effects? I don't know. I knew, obviously, I was... I was familiar with that intro with the the window and the breaking. Yeah. And obviously the music. So I was expecting, I, I don't know. I was expecting more in terms of like effects, even though like I knew it was black and white and I knew that it was not recent. I don't know. I just expected more sort of like crazy, like, I don't know, like goosebump style effects mm-hmm. to it that I didn't get. Maybe this episode is not, not the best judge of that, but like I was expecting more in that department. So it felt a little bit like sound stagey to me, mm-hmm. especially in this episode where like, you know, obviously there's not like an actor legitimately on a plane. He's obviously yeah. on some set and some lot. And it, like, it just some of those things that like you just nowadays, it's hard to like suspend a little bit for me. I was, I just kept thinking about the sound stage and all how the theatrical production and the cost and the, the, the plane set piece and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I was expecting a little more, but I just, in, in a different direction, I expected it to be a little bit more, like, crazy effects mm-hmm. instead of, like, crazy concepts. Well, I mean, what the cool thing with the Twilight Zone TV series is that you get, you know, all different types of episodes. I mean, one, I could do a year just on, like, my favorite Twilight Zone episodes, do 52 straight weeks, uh, but there's one episode which, you know, doesn't really feel like it's sci-fi at all, which is, you know, dealing in... Um, there, there's like a bomb warning that goes off and there's a family that goes down to their bomb shelter and it's just the entire neighborhood trying to break in there. It's not really sci-fi, not really effects at all. But then you have another one which takes place like, you know, hundreds of years in the future called The Obsolete Man where, you know, you you are getting like some incredible sets and everything. So, you know, they they definitely spent their money where they needed on certain episodes and this would be kind of a great example of we're going to be, you know, focusing on the tension and, you know, the editing and the performance and, you know, effects are kind of secondary, especially because it is the entire episode just is one guy sitting in one seat on a plane 
you know, he gets up, I think, once or twice, but it's just a guy in a seat on a plane and then, you know, a, a creature on a w- wing. Uh, we should just jump into the story here while we're at it, because I just described 30 minutes of television here. Uh, we get introduced to William Shatner's character, who's boarding a plane with his wife, and you quickly, I guess, get the gist of the fact that he has had some mental health issues and... Uh, they say he spent six months in a sanitarium. I don't know, sanitarium, a word from the past. Um, I haven't really heard that before. Uh, and he had some type of mental breakdown on an airplane. So this is him going on an airplane for the first time. And, you know, he's a little bit nervous, but he's like, you know, I'm okay. Oh, I'm okay. And that kind of sets the stage for this episode and even a little bit of the episode next week, which is, yes, this guy is going to be, you know, kind of losing it on an airplane is it in his mind is it something that's real uh are people going to believe him just because he is that guy who went crazy on an airplane and um the plane lifts off and you know his wife goes to sleep and he kind of peeks out the window and he sees something in the distance on the wing of the airplane that looks like he says looks like a man now i'm amazed how many times in this episode he keeps saying it's a man one time he says not a man a gremlin like i said in the opening quote um but for the most part he keeps saying there's a man on the wing it's like have you ever seen a man in a giant furry suit with some demon face on it Uh, i don't know why he keeps mistaking this for a man but the first time it's sort of like i think i saw something and then you know his wife looks and there's nothing there and that's kind of what goes on for the majority of the episode we're, we're essentially just going to cover the whole episode here in one shot because it's the same scene played out over and over again you know the next time he opens the window we get that really crazy shot which was creepy again bad effects aside or i'll say i'm not gonna say bad dated effects aside when he has that second reveal where he opens the curtain and the creature's face is right there staring at him like that's still a creepy shot regardless of how you know primitive the uh suit or the makeup effects are Uh, And now he's convinced he's actually seeing something on there. Uh, He keeps trying to get other people to look at it, you know, um, get his wife to look at it. Uh, At one point, um, he actually asks his wife, and it's like, listen, I know that I've flipped out on an airplane before. I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but just humor me. Just do me the favor. Go up and talk to the pilots and tell them, look out at the wing. Just keep an eye on the wing you know, just do me that favor. And she gets up and she's talking to the pilot. She never actually tells the pilot anything, you know, because he kind of gets distracting again. And the pilot comes back and he's trying to say, you know, there's, there's, there's a creature on the wing. There's a creature on the wing. And the pilot's just sort of humoring him here. Yes, we know we saw it too, uh, but we don't want to alarm the passenger. So just keep it to yourself. And Shatner quickly realizes they're just sort of humoring him. So he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, (laughs) There's a nice shot where the pilot is talking to his wife in the distance dumping some pills in her hand um i don't know what <laughs> these are just random pills the pilots carry these roofies or something that he's about to give shatner and uh the wife comes back gives him the pills don't worry these will help you sleep you see that he's not actually taking these pills every single time he looks out the window this creature is starting to pull up panels on the airplane so it's not just it's out on the wing it's tampering with the airplane now and Nobody sees it. Every time he says, look at that, it just flies off and disappears. Uh, Eventually, he spits these pills out. You realize he's not taking it. He looks to the back of the airplane and sees there's a gun. I'm guessing this is supposed to be an air marshal or something, or unless regular passengers could just carry guns in a holster (laughs) in their seat in 1963. You never know. Uh, And 
he sort of sneaks over there and grabs the gun out of the holster, uh, asks his wife to get up for like the sixth time. He's like, I need a drink of water. Go get me some water. And he presses, I guess, some type of emergency release latch for his window. Uh, there's a really cool shot where he opens this and just suddenly gets sucked out of the window. It's like he's barely clinging on. Uh, they really went all out with that. It's not just like, you know, oh, there's a little bit of wind blowing. Like his body flies out of this thing. Seatbelt's barely clinging on. Everybody in the airplane's going crazy. He's aiming this gun. He starts firing at this gremlin. The gremlin gets hit, uh, eventually falls, and then they just immediately cut to them on the ground. And Shatner is being loaded onto a stretcher, and, uh, you know, he kind of sits up and says something about, you know, uh, I'm the only one who knows, I'm the only one who saw it. And then as the camera's, you know, pulling back, and you're seeing, like, the doctors and the pilots and everybody getting off the airplane and his wife... Uh, you see the panel is actually pulled up. So um, the whole idea of the episode, which again, I'm kind of torn between whether a story like this needed more time to really sell this conflict of, is this guy going crazy? I mean, I just covered 30 minutes there, you know, and it is essentially one thing being done over and over and over again. So I thought it was done fairly well. Or when we get to next week where they spend an hour on it, I feel like, oh, maybe they didn't need that much time. But just the idea that this guy could be seeing this, is it in his mind or, you know, in the end, this panel comes up and or you see the panel up at the end, you realize there really was something on there. He was just the only one who saw it. Uh, either way, it's just it's an incredible concept. This is without a doubt the most famous episode of The Twilight Zone of all time. It's it's a perfect example of what's cool about the show that, you know, you have this really kind of bizarre, creepy setup. And in the end, you get that last minute twist of the panels actually pulled up so the creature 90 percent sure was real what did you think well that was a lot and also not a lot at the same time um yeah you have like good points to bring up about like the debate of the length of it because i noticed that this one was a little short and i felt that the last one may be a little bit long um i guess one general issue I think I could have with it is that it's the same scene mm-hmm. over and over again and in this version of it they don't really escalate it that much like only toward the end do they escalate it like I feel like there wasn't enough transition it's like hey wake up and then she's like nothing's there and then this the flight attendant comes over and she says nothing's there mm-hmm. can I have water and then, <laughs> and then just throw in a can I have water every once in a while <laughs> Yeah, and then they get the pilot, and then, oh, you know what? nothing's there. Relax. Don't worry. And then he pulls the gun, and it's, like, open the window of his own plane, like, seat. And it, it just, like, escalated out of nowhere. Like, why is there a man with a gun hanging out? Like, and just all a few, like, stuff like that. Um, I do think that the portrayal of the guy, like, eventually, like, doing it was good, like, the pull of the curtain and seeing that creature there and then it climb up the top of the plane to get away and stuff like that was cool. And him like hiding the pill. So he didn't take it and stuff like that. I thought there was some stuff there that was really cool that like the newer version kind of missed some of those little nuances. The story. I feel like this is a good story, but like, I feel like it didn't need to be said if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It just feel it felt weird. I did feel a little bit of like a disconnect. I can see why this is such an iconic episode of the show. It's very easy to see. It makes sense. There's not a lot to it. 
spooky, relatable, I've been on a plane, you know, how, how would I feel, kind of stuff like that. Uh, so it's just like a, it was just a very interesting ride. I think that that's kind of the only word to describe something the Twilight Zone produces is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Now how about Shatner? Like, kind of here's the other thing. Shatner is kind of known for being a big overactor. And I mean, I have to be careful not to, you know, sound too critical because William Shatner is like one of Canada's favorite sons. Um, <laughs> he's, you know, considered like a national treasure here. Uh, although you will never meet a Canadian who doesn't also, you know, agree that William Shatner has this very big overacting presence, but it's something that's kind of endearing about him. This being pre-Star Trek and everything, you know, I thought it was interesting that he's still doing that overreacting, but to me it feels like it actually fits this character more. Like, to see Captain Kirk, you know, no, Spock, we can't do that. You know, that sometimes that, that it can get a little bit corny, but here being this guy, I, I feel like we're both kind of in agreement that this story in a half-hour episode, I'm not going to say that they don't deliver, but that they definitely could have gone a lot further with it. Maybe if they had a little bit more time or if they had, you know, more setting to it. And again, it's no knock against us. It's iconic. It's, it's an incredible story. It's, you know, creepy. It's everything that it means to be. But is it the greatest episode ever made? No. But I feel like only somebody with William Shatner's kind of really over-the-top reactions uh, can help sell this this character in this story where they didn't focus as much on is he crazy it really helped to sell like the potential i keep saying crazy people are going to get offended because i'm calling crazy but that's just what it is you know we're going to do this podcast as if it's 1963 you know that if he is crazy you kind of need that really intense overacting from william shatner to sell that so i i actually think that William Shatner, even though, you know, this is two years before even Star Trek, and even when Star Trek comes out, it's not like he's a big star because the show itself isn't that big, but it's like the perfect role to introduce people to William Shatner. Yeah, I felt like uh, there was like a sense of the jittery and the nerves that came from the overacting that, that, that was really interesting. I felt like, you know, he couldn't get his words out all the time. Like he was like, there's a man, like he would repeat, like you said, he mm-hmm. said man all the time. Like someone who was thinking in like a very step, like A to B like way wouldn't have like said, they would have been like, there is some creature, like some monster on the plane or mm-hmm. like King Kong or like you would have said that. Like if I was in the shoes, like as opposed to this sort of recently relapsed patient. Um, so I think that, some of that like really translated well in terms of the acting. I think that the I think the the length of the scene really didn't help his overacting. I think that in some in the Adam Scott length, I think that would have really suited the like build of the character. Whereas this was so short, you have to like get it done really quickly that it just looks overbearing. Mm-hmm. Especially because maybe that's a part of the storytelling of Twilight Zone. Maybe this is something I have to figure out on my own, but like the other people were very just plain. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone in both, in both versions too. Like I felt like everyone was just very plain. They were like, what is wrong? Can you please tell me? And, and the the main characters are like, are you crazy? It's just the, the disconnect between the two people is just what makes it a little confusing, especially as, when you have someone like Shatner who can overact mm-hmm. and probably does over- 
Um, so this story would be retold um, over and over again. Uh, the 1983 um, Twilight Zone movie that came out theatrically, this was sort of the final segment. And uh, it, it was George Miller. Now, we have all these big-name directors. Richard Donner did this. George Miller, who is most famous for the, the Mad Max movies and the movie Babe, uh, he did the Nightmare 20,000 Feet segment in the Twilight Zone movie. And that one started, you know who John Lithgow is? The name rings a bell, but I don't... You ever see Third Rock I, I from the have... Sun? Um, Google... What would happen if I did say no? <laughs> Google John Lithgow. I'm sure you've seen him or something. John Lithgow, another one of these actors who who can just really nail that that over-the-top, you know, overacting. Uh, he did the segment in there. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is that... <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm knocking this episode. It's just... Kind of going back to what I said right at the very beginning, there's maybe a dozen episodes that you know people will frequently list as being the greatest Twilight Zone episodes ever. I don't think I've ever seen anybody say Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet is the greatest episode. It's just it is the most famous. It is the most iconic. It's the one that everybody knows the best because it is such a simple story. Uh, but there's a, you know a ton of episodes out there that I think were better than this one. Where I think this episode is important if we're going to kind of look at the history of the show. And even funny enough, when we're talking about length, should this one have been a longer episode, the first three seasons of The Twilight Zone, it was a half an hour show. And then the network pressured Rod Serling to go to an hour-long format for the fourth season, and it just didn't work. Uh, I, I've When I said I've watched all The Twilight Zone, I actually haven't watched all of season four because I just found it too long to get through those stories. This is like, you know, right at the beginning of season five, the final season, and it's like the third episode, and they're back to the half an hour format, and this was sort of the episode that got people interested in the Twilight Zone again in the 1960s. And yet, I'm tell me whether you agree or not, but I'm thinking this one lends itself better to an hour-long format. And we'll have a different debate next week. But would you have rather seen this as a longer episode? Like, if we did this as a longer episode, what do you think could have been added to it? I think particularly, you know, the getting the gun or, you know, maybe have him doing more himself, not just, hey, go talk to the pilot, like have a scene where he's talking about, a lot of stuff we're going to get next week, I feel like you could add that in here, and yet it's going to be really interesting next week when we talk about it, where I'm feeling like, oh, we didn't need this scene. Yeah, I think um, that some of the stuff that I liked about, I don't want to talk too much about this because that's another episode, but the what I liked about some of the new one was that there were those like inner monologuing moments mm -hmm. where Adam Scott was like, the past is the past, the past, is, and he was mm -hmm. like so focused on like trying to center himself. Whereas I feel like that didn't happen here. Like you don't, I don't see the story of the you know William Shatner being this ex um, sanatorium patient now. Like I'm all good. Like I'm nor like a, not normal, but I'm like a lot more centered. Like I know who I am, stuff like that. Like, but now he's struggling. He just like went full panic mode, and I, I felt like there were some moments where he could have had time alone he he spent so much time staring out the window instead of doing other things like mm -hmm. granted there were just you know walkmen sitting in the the chair that you need to listen to but he should have been listening to a podcast like, in 1963 yeah the very first one the um, oz network's review of nightmare at Twenty Thousand feet that would be very creepy uh i just think that there were some like moments that they could have played out like 
that didn't involve him looking out the window or him telling someone that he saw someone out the window. I, I just I wish there was a little bit more like layers to it. I think that would be the only thing that I would suggest to change. You know, overall, I'm still going to say I think this is a viable episode. Um, and whether you walk away from this, you know, because expectations have been built up so high because this is like the famous episode of the Twilight Zone with the the gremlin on the wing that you feel like, oh, I thought they could have done more with this or oh, it was so short. It still delivers in every way. And even the same scene being played out over and over again, there's something on the wing. There's something about looking out that window, you know, and looking at it from the point of view of just the window where you're not quite sure what you see half the time. And there's, you know, lightning and, and rain and wind blasting this creature and then when you get that big reveal of it right at the window that is just so creepy, I still think that everything in this episode works. So I'm going to buy this one. What are you going to do with it? I'm probably going to rent it just because knowing that this was like such a famed episode that they had to recreate it in not recreate it, but like sort of re update it in the new series. I, I expected maybe a little bit more. And Let's see what happens when they update it in the new series next week, uh, because we're moving on to Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Um, we're how many years past this now? So another 46 years, I think. And they're still adapting the same story, but it's going to be with a completely new twist next week. We're on to the 2019, the new Twilight Zone series, which is now hosted by Jordan Peele instead of Rod Serling. And this is going to be episode two of the 19, or 1919, the 2019 Twilight Zone. Jeez, <laughs> back in time. That's a Twilight Zone episode. They had planes in 1919. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be an episode in season two. Uh, but Adam Scott's taking on the William Shatner role this time. A little bit of a spin on it. Uh, I did say, I have seen it now as we've been referencing it, but I did say that even though I watched the new Twilight Zone TVs because I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan. I still watched the whole series when it came out last fall. Um, I've been waiting on watching these episodes or this episode, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, till I can watch them back to back. Now that I have seen it, it's going to be really fun to see, okay, what lived up to my expectations? What didn't live up to my expectations? Uh, you know, what turned out better? What was completely different? Because I honestly had no clue what this second episode was going to be. All I knew was that it was, you know, some updating of this great episode of The Twilight Zone, and it had Adam Scott in it, which, you know, let's be honest, makes everything better, right? Yes, Ben Wyatt is great. <laughs> so we'll be back next week for The Twilight Zone 2019, Episode 2, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. Make sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, join us for this entire month of Halloween recaps. Um, we're doing another Twilight Zone now, and then we move on to Rossi's selections for the second half of the month. Whoop, and he's got whoop. two very different movies <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to wrap up the month. Uh, so stay tuned for all of that. My name is Colin, and water. I need a glass of water. Uh, my name is Rossi, and I'll see you at 30,000 feet. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.